Welcome back to the podcast. Um, this week, what's really been on my heart is the issue of the goal of our salvation. And it's something that God's really just been bringing to light in, in my devotions. And, and uh, uh, it's really just, it's, it's, it's been an eye-opener. It's, it's been encouraging and a blessing. And, and I want to share with you the things that uh, God's been opening my eyes to. And, and my hope and prayers that it'll encourage you and bless you in your walk with the Lord. Um, when you think about the goal of our salvation... Uh, you might think of things like, of course, our sins being forgiven, uh, going to heaven, being in right relationship with God, serving God, uh, having a good relationship with Him. And those are definitely part of God's plan for our salvation. But the specific goal that God has for our salvation is being conformed into the image of Christ. And that, that topic, that issue, permeates the New Testament. And I want us to begin in Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29. They're really familiar. And it lays out that, that goal. And when we look at this, I want us to examine you know, what that goal is, being conformed into the image of Jesus, being like Jesus, how we get there. And then why this is important. In Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. So in verse 29, you get that he says, for those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And that, that word for predestined is one that, that really means predetermined, okay? He set out before we were ever saved, before we ever existed, he predetermined that the goal for those who would believe in his son and those who would believe in him would be conformed into the likeness of his son. And Jesus talks about this all throughout his ministry because he focuses on our being disciples of him. You know, in, in the Great Commission, Jesus doesn't say go and make converts of all nations or go and make believers of all nations or go and make church members of all nations. Jesus says go and make disciples of all nations. And a disciple is a person who conforms their life to the, to the teachings and the life of their master. So for us, the goal that Jesus has is that we would conform our lives to his teaching and to his pattern of living. And if you, if you think about even the name Christian, it means Christ-like one. And throughout all of scripture, it's talking about how we're to be like Christ, imitate Christ, follow Christ. He's the goal. 
living like him is the goal. And I think about that and where I'm at with my relationship with the Lord. And I would not say that I am Christ-like. I want to be. I try to be. But if I look at Jesus and I look at myself, there is a huge difference between the two of us. And I don't want that. I want what God wants for me. And, and I believe that you know most Christians, if not all Christians, that's, that's their desire. They want to be the, the man or woman that God desires them to be. And Paul pushes this idea of being like Christ even further in Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, listen to what he says about this. He says, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So, I used to believe or think that when Paul says here, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, that it meant to work it out like we work out at a gym. We exercise it. And we're supposed to do it with a fear and a reverence for God. And that's what I was taught. And so there was this concept that I had that you better exercise your salvation. You better put it into practice. Uh, and you better remember that God is watching you and you better do it right. And that's not a very comforting uh, picture. Um, and that's not what it's talking about here. Yes, we're supposed to uh, work out or put into practice our faith. We're supposed to walk the walk. And we're definitely supposed to have a reverence for the Lord and fear him and respect him. But that's not what's being talked about here. The word for workout is a word that means to carry to completion, to bring to its desired end. It's a word that we use like um, working out a math problem. We take it through to the desired end. Okay, so that's what Paul's exhorting us to do is to carry out our salvation, bring it to the desired goal. Well, the context of Philippians here, Philippians chapter 2, is having the mind of Christ and being like Christ. And we're to do that with fear and trembling. It's a, it's a caution. It's a carefulness that we don't allow things to deter us and to take us away from God's goal for our life. We, we have that attitude of, I need to protect this, this goal that I have, and I need to pursue it with everything I have and not let anything get in the way. But again, you look at that and you say, wow, okay, so I'm supposed to carry my salvation to the ultimate end of, of being like Jesus. I can't do that. I don't have what it takes. And that's the point that's being brought up here by Paul. Because the next verse says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work 
according to his good pleasure. What's his good pleasure? That we be like Christ. And when you have this word here for work, for God works in us, it's not the same word for us working out our salvation. The word here for work in is where we get our word energy and energize. It's to empower, to enable, to give strength to do something. So we have the responsibility to pursue the goal of our salvation, being like Jesus. And God gives us the power through his Holy Spirit to will it, to desire it, and to be able to do it. And this, this beautiful balance of our responsibility and God's giving us the ability to do it is, is so cool. So we're, we're not doing this in our own strength. We're pursuing his goal for our salvation with his strength. He will give us that desire. He will give us the power to do that which he's called us to do. So how do we go about doing this? That's, that's the question. Okay, we know the goal. It's to be like Jesus. But how do we get there? Well, we, we need to ask. All right, we need to go before the Lord and say, okay, Father, if this is the goal that you have for me, I, I ask you to help me get there. And we know that he's going to do it because in Romans 8, 28, he says, we know that he works all things together for the good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Part of his purpose is us being conformed into the image of Jesus. And we see here, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, that he is at work in us to will and to do according to his good pleasure. So we already know that his desire is for us to, to achieve this. And so we ask him for it. You know, in, in uh, 1 John chapter, uh, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, you know, it says that whatever we ask according to his will, we have the confidence that he hears us. And if he hears us, we know that we will receive the thing that we've asked for. And if we go before the Lord and say, Father, you want me to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. You say that you'll give me the power to desire this and to accomplish this. Lord, please give me that. This is a prayer that he is going to answer. And it's going to take time. This is not a matter of us being justified, okay, uh, being saved. This is an issue of sanctified, having that being changed more and more day by day into the likeness of Christ. And it's going to take time. But if we ask him and we seek that and we begin to pursue that, the Lord is going to be there with us. He's going to help us. The second thing that we need to do is we just need to yield to him. Let him do what he wants to do in our life to bring this about, okay? For us to look like Jesus means that there's going to be some work that needs to be done. The Bible talks about how God 
uh, refines us in the crucible of fire, purifying us like purifying gold and purifying us like silver. And if part of the process of being more like Jesus is going through the, fur, the furnace to be purified, you know, that's not going to be comfortable. I, I heard a, a pastor say that in the old days when a, when a goldsmith would determine whether or not the gold was pure, he would, he would look at it and if he could see a reflection of himself without any imperfections, he knew the gold was pure. But if there were little bits of, of dross and junk that were still floating to the top, he would scrape that off and keep it in the fire a little longer until more of the impurities came up and he'd scrape that off again and he wouldn't let the fires destroy the the gold but he would let that fire purify and then when he could look into the the reflection there if he saw himself clearly then he knew the gold was pure and i don't know if that's true but i i think that that's a great picture of how God works in us. He doesn't put us into the fire to destroy us. That fire's there to purify us and to bring up the junk. And boy, I'll tell you, anytime that God allows some tough stuff in my life, the junk in my heart comes, comes to the surface really fast. And, you know, God does that to show, hey, look at where we're at. Let's scrape this off and uh, make him more like Jesus, you know. And we need to yield to that. We need to let him just do his work in our life. It's going to be a process. If he's going to make us look like Jesus, if you think of a sculptor making a statue, well, if I look like a chunk of rock, and I'm supposed to look like a beautiful image of Jesus, that means that God is going to have to take the hammer and chisel to me for, for a while. And again, every blow is loving. Every blow has that purpose of making us more like Jesus. And it hurts, but it's good. And so if we yield to God's hand as he purifies us and shapes us and molds us, it is going to be a wonderful thing. And the, the last thing is, is found in Hebrews 12. And in Hebrews 12, it talks about how uh, we need to let go of anything and everything that weighs us down. Uh, Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, if we're going to be conformed into the image of Jesus, we need to let go of the things that are getting in the way. Those things that rob us of our time with the Lord. Those things that rob us of God's best. Those things that distract us and keep us from the things that God has for us. And that sin that entangles us and wraps us up and keeps us from progressing in the things of God. 
We've got to let them go. They're not worth it. Why? Why is this so important? Why do we want to be conformed into the image of Christ? Well, definitely, of course, because that's what God's goal is for our lives, for our salvation. But there's a lot more to it. Think about this. The more that I'm like Jesus, it's going to impact my relationship with my Heavenly Father. Look at the relationship that Jesus had with the Father. It's one of intimacy. It's one of communication. It's one of power. It's one of love. It's one of trust. It's, it's an incredible relationship. And the more that I'm being like Jesus, the less I'm going to be like me. There's so much in me that, you know, just those, those things that entangle me and the distractions and the junk and the sin, my flesh, my old man, that seek to keep me from the Lord and hold me back. But the more that I'm like Christ, the more intimate my relationship is going to be with my Heavenly Father. And the closer we get to the Lord and the more intimate that we can be with Him, oh, just the, the blessing and the power and the joy of that relationship will grow and grow. That's what we want. As believers, we want a closer walk with Lord, the Lord. It's our desire. And it, it, it involves us being more like Him and less like us. The second thing, is that the more that we're like Jesus and the less we are like our old selves, the more Jesus's life and love and power is able to flow through our lives unhindered. The more we're living like Christ, the more people are going to see Christ. The more they're going to experience Christ as he lives and loves through us, in our homes, in our friendships, in our families, in our relationships at work, wherever we go, it's going to impact the lives of people for the good. Again, look at the relationship that Jesus had with people. Now, when he dealt with the Pharisees and hypocrites and people who opposed God, you know, he was, he was firm. He was stern. He, he called them on the carpet for their sin. But you look at the way he engaged and interacted with other people. And there was such love, such joy, such comfort that, that it's just beautiful. It doesn't matter if it's a little child and we see Jesus holding these kids and mama's wanting to bring their children to Jesus to be blessed by him because they see just how wonderful he is and how loving he is and how gracious he is. And they're bringing their little ones and he's taking these little ones in his arms and he's blessing them and he's loving on them. And the leopard that he, he reaches out to and he touches, the prostitute that he loves and 
rather condemn, than condemning her, he exhorts her to go and sin no more, and he loves her, and he, he defends her. The tax collector, it doesn't matter who it is, the broken, the lost, the demon-possessed, when they come into connection with Jesus, there is life and love and blessing and, and such goodness. And oh, that it would be that way when people connect with us. That through us, they're connecting with that wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ. What a blessing it would be for everybody, us and them as the life of Christ is poured out through us as we're walking in his steps. And lastly, when we're living like Christ, our personal lives are blessed so much. They're so rich, so full, so peaceful, so joyful, so calm, so strong, so powerful. Again, look at the life of Jesus. Jesus didn't worry. Jesus didn't fret. Jesus was able to rest in the midst of a raging storm to the point of being asleep in the bow of a boat. Jesus was able to walk upon the waters of the storms. Jesus rested in the will and the power of his Father. He wasn't anxious. He wasn't fearful. Now, we know that when he went to the cross, his heart was grieving. His heart was heavy. And Jesus went through a lot. He suffered. He was intimately acquainted with pain and sorrow. That's what the scriptures tell us. He was no stranger to it. But in the midst of it, he walked in peace and joy and strength of his father. And as we are conformed more into the image of Christ, we're going to live the life of Christ and have the rest of Christ and the peace of Christ and the joy of Christ, the strength of Christ, the hope of Christ, manifesting more and more in our lives. And that is going to make our lives so much sweeter. So my friends, I encourage you, Pursue God's goal for your salvation. You can't do it on your own, and you were never intended to do it on your own. It's God's predetermined plan from before you ever existed, from before you were ever saved, that you would be conformed into the image of Christ. And Scripture tells us that one day we will see Him and we will be like Him. When we get to heaven, our, our old life will be gone. Our decaying, dying body will be gone. And we will put on immortality. And we will put on power. And we will live in the presence of our Heavenly Father and with our Lord and Savior Jesus for all eternity. And it will be so sweet. But... It's a progress that we go through today and tomorrow and the day after until we stand before him and we cross that goal line and we're standing in the goal 
conformed into the image fully of Jesus Christ. Oh, he wants that for you. And he's going to give you that desire and that power to do this. He's promised it. Just ask and yield and strap in for the greatest ride of your life as he takes you deeper into a relationship with himself and makes you more like the Son of God. God bless you and have an awesome week.